Hello and welcome to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. We're here to take you on the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, and the excitement that is Premier Rugby Sevens. The sports league taking over the US with some of the best athletes our sport had to offer. I'm Dallas Stafford, former USA Sevens player and current World Rugby commentator. And I'm Robin McDowell, former Canadian Sevens player and current international coach. Together, we'll bring you the latest PR Sevens news. Welcome to your new home for Sevens Rugby. Robin McDowell, their head coach, leads their charge. Outstanding job by he and his staff. And they are the women's champs in 2023. The penalty goes the way of the Rhinos ex-loggerheads. The restart, the kick into touch, and the Rhinos ex-loggerheads champions in the men's class here in 2023 as they win it 10-5 over the first year, Pittsburgh Steel Toes. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster, a North American-inspired podcast that focuses on the beautiful world of sevens. The 2023 Premier Rugby Sevens came to a fitting close in the nation's capital as Washington, D.C. saw the best in the West and the East conferences collide at Audi Field. The Rhinos' ex-loggerheads won the men's championship, claiming the A. John Prusmak Cup, while the Northern Loonies took the women's title, the Kathy Flores Cup, both named after American legends that did so much for the game. Well, we know knockout rugby is down to the wire, and it certainly was. So many international superstars on display here in North America with future sensations showcasing their skill. It has been a fantastic year. What a season. The fifth and final event for the year 2023. And alongside me, smiling from ear to ear, is the Loonies woman successful head coach, Robin. What a finish, my friend. Well, Dallin, we could not have asked for a better summer across the USA or higher standard. You nailed it. Uh, we all knew with the the signings on on the men's side and the women's side that, you know, there'd be a lot of talent here and it was going to be competitive, but it was literally every game was, was the ninth round knockout. Um, but before we get too deep into the rugby, I just genuinely want to thank every from everyone from behind the scenes. Big thank you to the entire PR7's logistics staff led by Amy Squire, Leanne Corpus, and Sean Lindersmith. All the managers across all the teams, some of those managers had a balance between the East and the West. They were all very patient and very adaptable and uh, worked harder than anybody, as always. Uh, the GM, Mike Tolkien, available 24-7. Him and uh, our head of scouting, Richie Walker, uh, and head of performance, Ian Givens. Our medical team, led by Dr. Catherine Henry, so who I had to lean on a couple of days before the tournament because of something I ate in D.C., so thanks. Shout-out goes to you, Doc. Doc Henry, and our marketing team led by the brilliant Sarah and Eric Namath, not to mention our world-class photographer, Alex Ho, who is likely more athletic than anyone on the series. Have you seen that guy do backflips and dive? And he's, you know, we'll be in a team huddle and he'll like slide in the change room on his back. And then, you know, we'll be doing something on the field. He's in the mix getting hit in the head with wiffle balls. But for the whole, the whole league to pull off five events across America, eight women's teams, eight men's teams from coast to coast, all over the place. Year year three is a huge feat, and uh, you know we all know what it takes to to, to you know for, at least for myself to pull you know pull one team together. But they're, they're managing sixteen teams. Absolutely amazing. They should be proud of themselves. Yeah, I, I want to just echo that as saying how successful every single event was. That's that's a major thing. I mean, the weather was crazy. We even saw it in DC. I mean, it looked you know as electric as the the play on the field. 
but the, the ability to adapt and having key people in the right place at the right time, you know, Owen and his crew, everybody was 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 sublime. It was epic. I wasn't on site at DC, wasn't able to get there, but it looked amazing. Paul Russell performing. It, it went up like a frog in a sock again. Yeah, Paul Russell was was epic, but unfortunately he had the wrong jersey on uh, last weekend. I'm not biased, but uh, yeah, the nation capital did not disappoint Dell in our stunning hotel. Again, yours truly, magically placed in the heart of D.C., minutes away from all the sites from the White House and and uh, Lincoln Memorial was the perfect spot to culminate our championship finals. It was beautiful. Now, did you get your sponsorship from Tate's, Tate's Bakery? You've <laughs> mentioned that name 800 times. So even if it's just like a latte for every time you mention it, uh, you shouldn't have to pay for a drink for the rest of your life. I mean, I, I mean, I think I'm a, I think I'm an investor at this point. I spent so much <laughs> money there in the last two years. But uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely took down a few uh, Helva cookies and a few thousand lattes. You wouldn't have been disappointed. And I think I helped drive a lot of business as well there so no it was uh it was it was worth the wait well i don't even know where it is but i know when i go there i'm going to the place and i'm <laughs> going to claim my free merch my free things my free items all right Rob, let's review what unfolded at audi field in dc let's start with the men's action semi-final time knockout rugby right from the start the western conference what they decided to do this year was make sure there was a Western Conference team in the final and an Eastern Conference team. So that's how they met again. So Rhinos X Loggerheads took out the Rocky Mountain Experts 21 points to 14. I didn't see this coming. I know you joked around saying it'll go an extra time because you didn't want to give us a winner. We know how stacked the Loggerhead side was, but I felt that expert side was coming into this hot to trot. They didn't have Corey Jones. I think he was a key part missing to their side. He was so instrumental normally in their forwards. Likewise, when the Steel Toes didn't have Ben Pinkham, and we thought those things might change, but it didn't. With the Steel Toes sides, they beat the Texas team 19-12. Rhodes Featherston was a man on fire for the Texas team. So was Jerome Nale, but it wasn't enough for them. Your man Hager from Canada was carving up yet again. So, you know, it, fascinating results. Two of those ones, harder to pick than a broken nose, and I didn't get them right. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, that's why I didn't want to pick. Uh, obviously, a lot of respect for JK, the experts coach, consistent coach, working hard, coming through. And uh, Frankie, he's an old season campaigner. He knows how to get done. He had a star-studded team. And uh, again, nobody nobody works harder for him. But both semis were anyone's game. Given given all the fans the excitement they could handle, and uh, I don't think Owen could have scripted a better uh, finale. Yeah, that's right. Both One could better try in it. That's what it took. Moving along then to the men's side on the third place. So then the Texas team met the experts and beat them 19-17. And this is why sevens is unbelievable. Coming into this, I thought the Rocky Mountain experts were going to the final. In the end, they went 0-2 in D.C., just showcasing, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen in that. And then in the final, we knew the how stacked the Rhinox logheads were. So if they were to get there, they'll be the ones taking it. And they were. They won 10 points to five. It was a very, very close game. Branko Dupre even nailing a penalty kick. He was the most valuable player of the tournament and tough conditions, but they did superbly well. Players that were really stood out, they made the tournament team so many to pick from. The ones that were selected were John Lefebvre. Uh, Campbell Johnstone, Craig Hunt, Jerome Nale, Naima Fualau, Matile Yuta, who's on this episode, and Branko de Prea. What a star studded side. So many great players in action. Yeah, I was happy for Frankie in the end and his boys to get back to back titles. Nobody works harder than that man. And it was a barn burner, as we touched on with Matai on the episode. Also epic when Bronco went opted for that kick, backing himself, uh, and Matai backed him as well as captain, which is cool. Uh, all those guys you mentioned above uh, player of the tournament were great. I thought Jerome Nally was was great. Great from the first tournament out of the gates. He really stood up, stood out from from last year. And 
And Bronco, you know, um, for a guy that's retired, as far as I'm concerned, he's got a good 10 years left in him. Well, I mean, if Cerebi's anything to go by, he played deep into his 40s. You know, Branko's still got a lot of legs left. And that that is the amazing thing. We keep talking about how it's so nice for the younger players to play alongside these legends, but the legends are still producing. And I'd just love to see that, you know. I do want to mention a penalty kick. So I actually got a chance to do a penalty kick uh, in the game of sevens. It was Canada against USA. Back at the George Sevens in South Africa, I think we we're up by one con- one converted try. So we knew kicking a penalty kick would have to force Canada to score twice. Luckily, it was in front of the pole, so the kick was pretty straightforward. The conditions were were, were, were pretty easy. Uh, but there's a bit of trivia for you, Robs. Well, I just want to probably it's probably a good opportunity for you to give a shout out to your your rugby gloves because I bet you <laughs> they gave you that that right grip for that perfect drop for that perfect connection. So you know, shout out to Kugo on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, shopperosevens.com. The gloves will be available later as a as a unique <laughs> item. All right, let us switch, switch across to the to the women's action. We talk again how close these games are. So prediction time this time for the women's side. I was spot on with every single call. The Eastern Conference, the locals who had never beaten the headliners this year, took them out 17 points to 14 in a barn burner result. And then your loonies went on beat the experts 21 points to 14 as well. Uh, Two thrilling contests. Tell us about them, my friend. Yeah, I mean, the locals headliner game... You know, the Kiwis uh, stood up and, and the headliners, I think they just, uh, you know, they relied too much on their individuals and need to work the ball a bit more. And in the end, uh, yeah, you know, the Black Ferns have been there so many times. But again, I, you know, could have gone either way. Got it for Lockie, but, uh, you know, again, great opportunity for Tiffany in her first year at, at the lead of the locals. And then um, on our side, you know, the experts, <laughs> you know, we always knew Berta and, uh, Ariana Ramsey were going to be a handful, and, and they both scored on us that game. Uh, we we had a we had a little Velociraptor up our sleeve, Delaney Akins, who's come through our Prairie Academy back in Saskatchewan. I've known her since she was little. I've coached all five of her, her and her four siblings. But it was great to have her back. She's been busy with her summer job this year, and and uh, thankfully was available and made all the difference in the end. And uh, I love Kelter. I, you know, after we lost that heartbreaker in San Jose, as we said on the pod with her, I don't, she wasn't going to lose again to, uh, to the experts and, uh, you know, just obviously credit to Irene and Roz for a great season and uh, much respect to their team. They were cheering us on in the final, uh, cheering on the West. Uh, and then, you know, with sevens, you're just, just mostly grateful and thankful and, uh, you know, again, Owen couldn't have scripted a better semi on the women's side. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. You're right, because the headliners came in having beat the locals twice in the previous finals, then they lost. The experts had beat your loonies before. You came back and beat them again. So amazing. So And and then the headliners go and they lose 10-7 to the experts. So what a game from the experts. You mentioned Amanda Berto was in the uh, team of the tournament. What a player, what a star. And, and in the final, you can tell us all about it in a bit. Loonies, 21, locals, 12 dominate that game from the start to finish. Players that really stood out, that made the, the team of the tournament so many special ones. Manan Nuku was involved, Monique Coffey, Ariane Ramsey, who you mentioned. Uh, we mentioned Berto, Bianca Silva, fantastic. Caroline Crosley and Alev Kalfi was on this episode. So, so many good stars in this play. But yeah, tell us a bit about, uh, you know, also how the storm affected things in your preparation for that third game and then, of course, the final. Yeah, so for the third place game, it was crazy. They're, they're, I don't know, halfway through that game or so, and they shut it down, and we were obviously getting ready to warm up. And uh, then all of a sudden, it was available on Huddle. So the coaches are and the players are looking at the game on Huddle, which is obviously the software that we use to, to analyze our games. And you know, imagine analyzing a game halftime. I said, it's like the NFL right now. It's crazy. 
But uh, in the end, uh, the experts got it done, and and Ariana Ramsey broke some more hearts. Uh, again, she she's probably the most dangerous player, uh, one of the most dangerous players in the world right now. So it was it was exciting to see and and heartache for uh, for Coach Lockie. But uh, again, credit to Irene and and Roz for getting it done. As far as like in between that game, we just kept pushing. You know, they just you know the league was doing a great job of keeping everybody safe and just communicating with us, us as far as moving the goalposts as far as when we were going to get to warm up and start. And then in the end, like, okay, we're going. So then we, we had a shorter time, but uh, we went straight from warm up straight to the sideline and in the rain and got it done. But um, yeah, for us, it was like uh, behind the scenes, it was good. I, the more rest our girls got, I felt the better. That's how I looked at it because it's, it's always so cramped down in between games. You know, you, you spent two weeks preparing for that, that semifinal. And then all of a sudden you got a quick turnaround, you got to recover, you got to, get them fueled up. You got to, you know, you don't know who you're playing, right? You don't know who's going to go through. So then, you know, but uh, we had, uh, we had some packages prepared for both sides this this time. And, um, and uh, then we were ready for the final. And I want to, I want to ask you, so the final, you'd obviously had your game plan intact because you, you know, you didn't know who you were going to meet, as you said, so you have to have different things in place. You go against these, you know, these Kiwi legends and things like that. So, you know, you, you obviously have a lot of faith in your defensive side of things, which I think is the hardest part of sevens. Right? Attack is easy, right? You get to step a few people, you can put them off balance, you know. So talk us a bit about that strategy going to the final, you know, and how you entrusted your team and your game plan. Yeah, if I can be honest, I was I was kind of hoping we get the locals. I know they r- relied heavily on their three best players, which are three of the best players in the world, Nuku, Neeks, and, uh, and Waka. A mad respect for them, but I uh, really wanted to test our, you know, our core Canadians and our world-class Americans and our our Brazilian sensation Bianca Silva against them. I knew we had the game plan and connectivity. When we had two weeks off, Alan, we had you know the girls that are based here on the coast, you know, working together either one-on-ones or two with twos with some local kids and just just touch points, all these little pieces that I, which is a big reason why I picked the team I did because I could work with them here and there and. And uh, Shoshana Simanutafa, who lives in Vancouver, actually took a ferry over at five in the morning and then took the last ferry back that night just to spend one day to get some connection. So all the little things seemed to pay off. So we were really relying on our connectivity. Um, but uh, the way we defended was really outside in. We really wanted to put pressure on them and choke them out. And and attack wise, we really wanted to attack outside in as well because a lot of de- a lot of a lot of people run sideways, which is easy to defend, and a lot of people defend sideways, sliding as well. And we knew a slide defense wouldn't work against them, but I really felt we put a blanket on them. They barely left their end. I think once in the first half, we scored off the kickoff, and then the second half, we just just wrapped them into a bow. And then you know we uh, we rolled the subs, and they got a couple in the last minute there, but. Uh, I asked the team one thing before the game. I'm like, could you guys give me one game this this season where my heart doesn't have to stop beating? Like, it's not going to explode. Because we, like, every game was won or lost to the death. And uh, they, you know, they, uh, you know, I just stood at the back of the box and just really enjoyed it and just kind of shook my head for most of it. I was so happy. There were so many little stories. Like, Caroline Crossy hasn't played in two, three years. She'd taken a hiatus after the Canadian team disbanded around the last Olympics and, you know, I begged her for three years to play and, you know, so she was really trying to fall in love with the game again. And I, I really think she did in our culture and uh, for her to run a, you know, 50, 60 meter try and that girl's always pounding. Like you show up to our training session, she's already out there running 300 meter sprints and you're pulling back on the reins. And so for her to get, I like, I've never met anybody genuinely that's worked harder with her. She's the most professional human. And for her to go 60 meters and almost run through the back of the end zone to score, 
just just made me so happy for her and for her family and just for the game. And obviously, Kale Molesky hasn't played for two years, and so it was her first time coming back. And, you know, um, yeah, there was just, like, so many little stories behind the scenes with these girls. And, you know, a lot of them in centralized programs, Dallas. So for them to come into the PR7s and all the teams and have some joy and play freely and, uh, and to do it the way they did it. And then lastly, the Blackburns are kind of been invincible forever and especially the last few years. So it'd be interesting to see the Canadians and, and American sides, uh, you know, men and women to go into the series this year, into an Olympic year, having beat them in, in, in different sections as well. And then obviously, you know, great for the Blackburns and all these world-class players around the world to have had a summer, like an actual summer to be a tourist, to have fun, to play with different girls and then go back and play freely back with their, their side. So, um, it was, it was likely, you know, forget, you know, the results were a bonus, but overall it was, uh, it was a blessing this summer. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, just thankful to have a bit of downtime here. And, and I say downtime, I'm going, once we get off today, I'm going to work with the Barbados national team this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. No downtime for you, my friend. I, I know that you said you're going to sleep after you win the title. So I, I don't know <laughs> if that's going to happen. Now I do want to touch on quickly the tattoo situation. So how many players and coach staff, you know, think they're going to get a tattoo of the, after you've won? Everybody. Everybody's getting tattoos. <laughs> Come on, we won the whole thing. Everybody's getting tattoos. Good, the good. Tattoos. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We'll be we'll be we'll be sharing it on all the socials for sure. Loonies okay. Loonies for life. Loonies for life. Brilliant. Brilliant. My friend, okay, I know you got to you got to get cracking as well. I will quickly touch on the United Championship. I do love that that the concept is that the men's and women's points are combined uh, throughout the season. The Rocky Mountain experts were the most consistent side if you put the points together. Yeah, congratulations to the expert women and men for making it to the finals. Those those programs are super close. They look like one team everywhere. Uh, so credit to those coaches combining their cultures together. Shout out to head coach Irene and head coach JK for the men. They're in charge of both those sides. And, uh, you know, they're, they're theme of the experts like like – like black diamond skiers uh, in the mountains. So they're walking around in, you know, 110 degree heat with their, with their goggles on and, uh, and, and their ski wear uh, repping. And um, yeah, credit to them. They were consistent all year and, uh, and, and well-deserved on the United Championship. All right. On today's episode, my friend, we have a legend, Matai Leuta, the Olympian, the bulldozer, and one of the players of the tournaments in D.C., Got a lovely sidestep and also has a company launching soon as well. We'll get the link when we chat to him. Alev Kelter and her mom, Layla, join us as well. Alev, one of the all-time greats to play the game in 15s and 7s and the most valuable player in DC. Uh, I just love watching these two quackers carve. Yeah, they were they were both class. And, uh, you know, again, how great for the fans to see them perform. I think it was one of Alev's best performances. I think we probably say that every time. But, you know, on the on the women's side, also credit to, you know, again, Amanda Berta. She was dangerous. Ariana Ramsey. Nuku, probably one of my favorite players in the world, just how much she creates. Money Coffee has been really a diamond. Currently, the U.S. national team and the Canadian national team as a dual citizen are fighting over her, which is sweet. Caroline Crossley, you know, I don't know how many times, like, we kicked off, they caught it, and she drove them back 40 meters. Like, unbelievable power. Bianca Silva, the Brazilian, and uh, and bringing home again a Lev Kelter. So uh, world-class athletes on display for these young kids to look up to. All right, Robin, what a season it's been, my friend. People can relive the action and watch some of the epic games on the PR7's YouTube channel. Keep updated at PR7's.com. The merch is on fire, so get your sleek items at shop.pr7's.com. Thanks always to hydration partner Good Sport, apparel partner Samurai, 
and all the excellent staff at the PR7s. It is time now for episode 10 of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. It's Alep Kelter and Matai Leuta. We hope you enjoy you sleek sensations. Well, the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster, a first, another carpool karaoke session continues. <laughs> we have USA Rugby Royalty joining us now, Olympic sensation, most valuable player from the champion Northern Loonies in PR7s, Alev Kelter. And we also have Layla, her mom, joining us on the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. When it comes to messing around, we don't mess around. Welcome, you two. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, firstly, where are you calling from? Where in the world is this car parked? Uh, this car is parked in the backfield of the Chula Vista Elite Athlete Training Center um, in California. I love it. I love it. I thought it was going to be on a remote island somewhere and you've just gone back to catch some fish and do some crazy things there. Uh, Lev, I first want to say congratulations on your second PR7s title with the Northern Loonies. Um, what was it like being back with your Loon squad and, and reuniting with uh, with Coach Coach Robin? Yeah, well, first off, Coach Robin is unbelievable. I mean, he can scout talent from, you know, eons away and uh, he knows how to, you know, he knows how to get them, you know, at and have have them answer his phone calls and um you know he's extremely uh gifted at uh bringing out the best in everyone so um yeah we had a wonderful group of girls and uh we're just uh really blessed to have uh the leadership of robin and um and brett as well well thanks a lot uh, nice to see you again layla we first met uh in the inaugural year in memphis could tell um super fan mom of the year love it question for you layla first can you share a little insight what it's like being the mom of the, the best rugby player in the world and what it's like being your number one fan? Well, it's incredible to watch the development and to watch how much she's grown and how much the sport has grown. So the most exciting part is being able to travel all over the world to watch her. I had the opportunity to head to Hong Kong, someplace I'd never imagined myself to be. So, yeah, it's very rewarding and super fun. Well, from a talented aspect uh, that Alev touched on, uh, one thing I love is, 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 is small towns and big dreams. And I know uh, Eagle Creek is a long ways away from Hong Kong and Chula Vista. So, uh, you know, Alev's definitely near and dear in my heart, her story, her journey. Um, but Alev, first of all, where in the world have you been this summer? Sorry, you put on thousands of miles, gave up parts of your summer to, to join us. I, I've been begging you for three years, and I know you were tied up at the, the World Cup last year. And, and what has your road trip been like balancing PR7s and, and everything else you have going on? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, um, but, you know, I wouldn't definitely change it for the world. So, But um, I had uh, – we qualified early. Our, our team has been amazing. We're sitting third in the world right now. But we had the uh, – uh, two months off, uh, just some remote training. So I went to help my grandma out in Ohio, in Ohio, and uh, she's 94 years old and still out farming um, on her farm with my aunt. So I went to help um, help them on the farm and for a little bit, and then I um, I drove uh, from Boston all the way to Anchorage, Alaska. Took the cross continental trip in the Alcan, landed for two days in Alaska, had a kids camp, and then flew in the night before finals in DC and. Uh, you know, slept 11 hours, woke up ready to play, and, uh, and you know, the rest is, is history. So, um, but yeah, it's been a wonderful to have that time off and, you know, and M trusts us and, and uh, she's been an amazing leader for us and amazing representative for women's rugby and uh, rugby in general. And yeah, we're just blessed to have had that time off. And now we're starting our preseason and we're gearing up for the long haul for Paris. It's a thrilling time for, for rugby in the U.S., thrilling time for the women's game. 
Uh, I have the screensaver behind me for those that are tuning in or just listening. It's the Hong Kong Stadium. Uh, Leila, you were there. You mentioned I saw you at one of the Golden Eagles events. I want to ask you before I get back to Lev, what was your experience like being a fan at the Hong Kong Sevens, you know, watching your daughter play, being at this iconic home of the Sevens? It was so exciting, not only to see the incredible fans with all the costumes, but the support, the support, the support from the country, the support from Hong Kong, the incredible transportation, public transportation and the beautiful uh, venue. It was just fabulous. Well, and again, it's such a colorful one. And that's why people say, if you haven't seen Sevens, try get to Hong Kong if you can, because it is, you know, the, the Mecca. Alev, I want to get back to you now in terms of the PR7. So let's go back to that first leg in Minnesota this summer. What was it like being back at the PR7s? You were there at the inaugural event, obviously, and you pulled off an epic one of the Golden State Retrievers at the death going against uh, Ruby Tui and the gang. Yeah, well, first off, I mean, um, like adding international athletes is just going to heighten the game. And I think we need to continue to do that. And, you know, it's a dream to play with, you know, players like Stacey Walker and, you know, Ruby Tui. And I know, you know, even Gossy was like, hey, wouldn't it be so sick if we played on the same team together? So this is giving us opportunities to dream bigger than what we had ever imagined and and to play on teams, uh, you know, like almost like a set all-star team, right? And and I'm and I am blessed now for the first Minnesota leg, you know, to play with like Renee Gonzalez and, you know, Bianca Silva and, I mean, I guess not in Minnesota, but and Carolyn Crossley and Caroline Crossley and, we just, it's just unbelievable to be in the same, you know, space, let alone on the same team with one another. And so, you know, Mo coming back and having been, you know, in the Olympics in Rio and we're just, yeah, it's just, it's just wonderful to see that, that talent come together um, and then also be on the same team and not have to have that Northern batter, battle competition, you know, just to, to be able to relax and say, all right, these are, you know, Canadians are pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this this is the thing. I was going to say, as a commentator on the World Series, it's a joy, obviously, to be involved in calling all these great players and great teams. But it's even more special to see you all play together and then play against each other. It's all-stars going against each other. And I think that's what separates rugby, is that you can literally arrive, no egos, and you're good friends and, and off the field, carving it on the field. It's it's really a, a dream to watch. Okay. Let's go back to San Jose, Alev. We are blessed to have some rugby royalty. In, in the likes of Rianne and Sajid present our jersey to the Loonies women. What was it like having your baby sister, Rianne and Sajid, uh, join the Loonies that weekend, who you know since she was little? You know, I got to give a shout out to also like Jen Suggett. It was her birthday yesterday. And so, you know, she's, she's raised some amazing kids and, and Rianne being, being one of them. And, you know, obviously Rick Suggett's the reason I'm in, in rugby along with Lori Clifford. And I wouldn't uh, have been... Uh, even had a phone call from Rick if it wasn't for Lori. So it goes um, pretty deep back in uh, 2014 and March of 2014 when I first ever touched a rugby ball. But um, having her there, she's family, you know, uh, and, and, and Rick's, Rick's still, you know, watching over us and taking care of this team and, you know, and M, you know, following his footsteps. And it's just, uh, it's wonderful to have um, that family reunited in San Jose and, and to have it be in California, you know, it's just a little tribute to him and, it was really, really special to have Richie stand up and talk about his relationship with, with Richie. Um, he was literally um, Rick's right-hand man and did so much for him and with him and, again, just has given us so, so much. So, yeah, we were just really blessed to have Ryan in there, and uh, it was really special. I think she was, you know, I, you know, her eyes were so wide and she was in the spotlight, but, you know, she's, which can be quite unfamiliar, but at the same time, she, was, she is the star of the show and she deserved that, and um, we're just uh, really honored to have her. Yeah, beautiful moment indeed. Now I want to switch across to the, the playing side of things as well. In San Jose, it was a very tight 
a match losing at the death in the final. People always talk about motivation and things like that, but how did that fuel you to tighten things up ahead of the championship run in DC? No, it's great. I feel like if we um, hadn't had that moment, you can you can you can battle complacency, you know. And so I think um, every loss is a, is a lesson learned, and every obstacle is an opportunity. So we can just turn perspective, or we can you know sit there and say like that wasn't fair, or that she was offsides, or the refs, you know, whatever. But it's like at the end of the day, we look towards our, ourselves and we said, hey, there was many opportunities we missed, and how can we how can we capitalize on every single one of those? And um, and you know we're we're a team of professional athletes. We're a team of Olympians. You know, we're a team of uh, high, high class individuals. And it didn't, it didn't once look or point blame or, you know, look like it, it wasn't a, a team effort. So we took accountability as a team and Robin helped point out what we need to work on as well and, and guided us and ushered us to, you know, coming back together. And, um, and that's what we did. And, and, you know, it was a wonderful final and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, we definitely didn't miss any opportunities there. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've known Alev for three years personally, and I've never seen her so charged up. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, the look in her eyes after that was, you know, I, I knew she'd look after the rest in DC. So, give somebody without much talent motivation, and uh, it's scary. So, I would say Alev on your on your on your charge to the Olympics in a year from now in Paris, just maybe think of that moment, and uh, you'll be you'll be with the gold you'll be with the gold medal. Now, Alev, you. you are a living, breathing machine with so much on the go at all times. You ride the diet day before the tournament after running the clinic back home in Alaska. No sleep, empty stomach, and then you can turn into a world-class performer at the finals on game day. Have you always been able to lock it in like that? Or what, is it, what does it take to be, you know, that that um, that amazing, I guess? Like, it, Dallas, she literally is just like gas. We, we open our arms with a pillow, take her in, give her some sleep, give her a little nap, maybe a snack. And then she just like <laughs> is just beasts right out like a machine just turns a switch and kill. What's the secret? Um, How do you do it? <laughs> well, I, you know, I have to, I have to contribute to my, like to my family and to my mom and my dad. Like we, we did like seven different sports when we were younger and it was one, it was like my dad had a spreadsheet and we knew exactly where we needed to be at certain times, but it was go, it was on the go. And, and actually it kept us out of, I mean, it kept us out of trouble. And I know with twins, you know, we almost put my, my mom six feet under many times, but, and, uh, we, we celebrated when we got to 30 because we were like, we're not sure, you know, if we're going to make it past 30, but like, I mean, honestly, having, having so many amazing opportunities to play sports and, and to have sports be the centerfold of our lives kept us, kept us healthy. You know, it kept us, um, occupied. It kept us out of trouble. And so I think that's, that's, that was, that was normal. Like in my life, like, you know, it's luxury being here at the center where we have, you know, two or three hours in between training and we're making sure we're, we're meeting max output and we got GPS units talking, you know, you know, tracking our, our meters. So we're not overworked and, you know, and that's, that's, that's a blessing and that's an opportunity for us to get better and to push new thresholds. But as far as, you know, what the daily grind looks like, and, and I would say, imagine like, you know, club rugby or even just, you know, regular, like, you know, nine to five job, you're grinding, you're, you know, you're, you're, you don't have that rest. You don't have that, you know, especially with like, just, yeah, I just, I would say like that, that working, that workload and work-life balance is so important, but it doesn't always look like those, those pockets to rest aren't always in that, in that schedule. So yeah, it felt familiar, but I'm, I was just honest, honored to be able, be able to be a part of that DC, even though the time was short. Yeah, and, and Layla, I want to say, did Alev give you any trouble as a youngster? I know she has a lot of energy. She's a challenge. She's a challenge. <laughs> but, uh, 
You know, we say in the Air Force that flexibility is the key to air power. And so, um, and being uncomfortable is always good, right? Being uncomfortable is good because you grow from that. And so not only did she grow, but we grew as parents. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, we enjoyed love- every minute of it. Yeah, it's so great to hear because we don't, we never get a parent on. So it's so nice to hear that, you know, the real, the real story that happened behind the scenes. Now, now before we <laughs> yeah, get to the, she said, she said I was a hellion, I was a hellion in my like younger years, but I was a pretty decent teenager, right? So, yeah. and, and my twin was vice versa. So, um, so now, but like definitely experienced both sides, but pretty hardcore twice. So. <laughs> yes, ex- exactly. Now, before we get into the final in DC, I want to go back to Memphis, the inaugural event of PRO Sevens. Layla, you were there. What was your experience like as a, as a fan? You, you of course, you've, you've been to the USA Sevens Legs for sure, but having a massive competition in America on home soil, watching your daughter play, what was that like? It was so exciting. It's exciting because this is not something that's on the circuit, right? This is something that was that was new, that was exciting for that area, that was um really cool place to go and visit. I had never visited Memphis before. So not only was it incredible, the environment incredible, but the people were so supportive. It was just a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Such a wonderful experience. Yeah, my, my first time in Memphis as well, which is awesome, you know, and that's the great thing about rugby. It takes you, you know, around the world, but also locally, places you haven't been in your own country, which is so great. Um, Alev, let's get to you on the final, okay, the the championship. Let's first start with the semifinals, okay? So the experts, of course, you've had some great battles with them. You've got Saskatchewan's little Velociraptor, Delaney Aikens, you know, carving it up. So talk us about that come-from-behind game. Well, first off, it was amazing to get reunited with um, Howie and, um, and Laney, and uh from that original uh Memphis group and um but but also just you know the the experts are an a, a, an amazing team and you know Ari um you know we train with her and I'm just so happy she's on our US team but she's a you know she's a, a, a um a threat um definitely a threat and then you know I think they they definitely um they miss uh having Spiff at center and but you know who brings incredible speed at center and also like a tackle percentage that's like through the roof so we were able to isolate certain certain positions and um and 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 work beyond the the gain line and so i think our our focus for that was you know it wasn't like a sweet revenge but at the same time it was like hey we've been here we've, we've felt this and let's use that as motivation and so any like again any lesson can be turned into an opportunity so um we we definitely took that head on and said um let's set ourselves up for success but we didn't even think about the final we were just thinking about being present in that game yeah and you were it was a thrilling game a thrilling finish in the end and then moving on to the final okay i know we had some crazy weather and all sorts of things happening also but the 2023 championship east versus west you had a star-studded blackburn side against you you've obviously met these players before in the series played against them so the different kind of story but what was key for your side you know to keep keep them you know scoreless for most of the game and then also the consistency this season, what would you attribute that to? I would attribute that just to our strategy. You know, we talked about um, getting the ball, uh, you know, punching through the middle, getting it ball, the ball to our speedsters. And as we got the ball wide, those gaps opened up for Hallie, you know, and she scored in that first uh, minute or two minutes of the game. And um, and that set the pace for us. And, and her excitement and her enthusiasm, you know, that's it's you know contagious and um and so i think mo after the game goes when you threw that ball up in the air as a celebration i was like we're in america (laughs) we made it you know and um and and i think uh it just it pumped us up and then you know um carol had a nice amazing run and you know i think we scored out wide and and bianca you know we had a we played a 
you know, a looping play in the middle, even even though it was raining and we were nervous, but we knew that we needed to get the ball wide um, and we needed to sit some people inside. So Shosh had a wonderful game. I mean, I don't think we would have won if she hadn't made three amazing diving ankle taps on Waka and and, and company. So, um, but yeah, we also have our little Kiwi. We had Sativa, who has been our, like, calmness and breath of fresh air for us. And so, yeah, it uh, it was a... Uh, a little bit of mix of everything. And, you know, again, Laney played well at scrum half, same with Mo and, you know, having massive hits from MP and just, yeah, just like a, a team effort. Like we had one through 12 and we could sub in anybody and have that full trust and transparency be present. So wonderful. Yeah, well, and that's all tribute to Robin. Yeah. It, I was going to say, it was a delight to see, you know, your team on the field, but I know Robin hasn't slept in, you know, 60 days. So. <laughs> no, years, yo, years. I'm sure he's been like, he's on it. <laughs> well, so that's my first thought. I was like, okay, he can finally rest and relax right now, which is great. He's yeah. earned it. Your team has earned it. It was, it was a very, very special season, a very special year to watch. Now, I know equally important on the field, there are so many great moments, but off the field, uh, you know, you, you bond with your teammates and there's some great things. So, you know, can you give us some of your favorite moments with your loonies off the field? I would say like Tammy is a character off the pitch and on the pitch, she's just a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, she um, helped facilitate this game called Mafia where, you know, you have a, um, you kind of have like a, like it's a, it's a murder mystery, kind of solve it with your, with your teammates. And, you know, you have the public voting off different people to see if they're the murderer. And like, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty fun to, to have it be going throughout the, the tournament. And, you know, it really encourages people to stay together, you know, to, you know, problem solve on the go, be flexible and have some fun. And so, um, she led that for us. And, um, and then I think we had a, you know, Sativa again, like was leading our grand rising. We'd have, a quote in the morning and um, get up and have breakfast together. And, you know, we don't have much time um, when we're there. It's uh, it's really uh, one or two or three training sessions at max. And then we're, we're, we're grinding. So, and it's game time. So, and you know, with rugby, it, it's about the, the chemistry on the pitch that um, an off field chemistry that can lead to helping, helping that. So yeah, it's extremely important. And that led, you know, it was really player led. And I thought that that was really an honor to have, Robin and crew to trust that we could get the team to where we needed to be come game time and and that included you know stopping at a Looney's bar and you know having some some coffees and and you know sweet drinks you know but um <laughs> it was uh you know just to get us uh bound and we you know played two truths and a lie and, and yeah it just was it was just wonderful yeah, I was. Uh, we can we can talk about the uh, the old Lude Cafe because we won, so um, that'll be a podcast, <laughs> podcast on its own. But uh, you know, there's oh. different, different ways to uh, to build culture, and uh, sometimes it just happened naturally. But uh, also, you know, credit to you, Love, being able to put up with me. You know, having the knowledge and experience that you have, and also have to put up with a different coach that is, uh, you know. Has a, has a certain vision and, and uh, you know, different philosophy and different way to play. It's just, you know, I really felt the trust with you after three years of knowing you is, is just working together. And when you have, you know, the best athletes in the world, you don't have to overcoach. You just, just give them a simple framework to let them let them do what they do, which is which is carved. So um, as, as, as we look ahead, your Team USA is building towards your third Olympics and the third Olympics of a rugby sevens. How are your girls doing over the summer? How are you looking? How are you feeling? And uh, and where are you guys going to be a year from now? Well, Robin, we just um, we had a lot of the um, second tier of our team run the Bronco this morning, so it was uh, it's getting uh, competitive out here, and you know everyone is 
I could say confidently at their best and their at the physical best shape they, they've ever been in. And um, that's a testament to Emily and Trey and, and Zach and um, our, our staff out here. But we've um, what's most important is that our culture is changing and it's changing towards one another. And it's less and I think you can get caught up in sevens. You know, you can you have everyone has an X factor and, you know, play together, play all different types of roles. But again, like what we said with you and the crew, it's about the culture and it's about how um, safe an environment you can create to express yourself and to be free and um, not be afraid of making mistakes. So we um, we have that here and it's a blessing to be here around um, some amazing strong women every single day. And that's, you know, why I've chosen rugby. And that's why I think, I guess, rugby chose me because it's just a, it's, you know, a, a blessing to be, to be here every day. So. Well, Ev, I've said it before, but I want to thank you again for giving yourself completely to our program this summer and to the game. You continue to inspire athletes across North America and the world. It's been a dream come true for me, genuinely, as a coach, to have the privilege of working with someone as talented, as gifted as you. You know, this summer, I, you know, I said at the start of the year, but I, I got the opportunity to, to assemble my favorite athletes, my dream team, and I got to live that dream as a coach. Uh, the results were just a bonus. The results are for you guys, but just getting to work with that much talent was definitely one off and uh you know you were at the heart of everything uh as our as our once as our one megastar you put yourself at the bottom you put everybody else first and that that that's what i love most about you so thank you thank you robin it's an honor to play with you well i want to say it's been so brilliant to have you both on a family affair now leila i heard there's a rumor that there are t loonies tattoos on the go and both of you are getting them is that right <laughs> I actually don't have a tattoo. I know that's pretty surprising looking at a lab, you know, but there is a theme here with uh, aviator, aviators. <laughs> well, we can, we'll do a follow-up. We'll do a follow-up episode. We'll see how, how it goes. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I don't know, Andre, but we, we, um, we talked about getting tattoos, but we talked about getting on our lips. Oh, how perfect. are you? Perfect. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> Just perfect. <laughs> Oh, when it comes to messing around, the Celtics don't mess around. It's always a coat hanger from YouTube, bloody stars. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe well, ask me a little bit. Show me my underlay. I will. Exactly. Thank now, what, what were you going to get? I mean, how does the oh, loon I think Looney's, Looney's yeah. in it, and it's got to be reversed so you see it, you know. I yeah. think, I don't know. We were talking about it. But, just, you know, it's like locker room talk, right? It's banter. So we will see if anyone gets it. But I know Robin's getting a second one, and Brett's getting his first. And uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, – um, yeah, maybe get a couple stars to represent that, but at the end of the day, it's uh, it's just just memories that we'll never forget. So just as good as a tattoo. Champagne rugby from the both of you. I'll let you get get going and uh, and hunting for that Olympic gold for the USA and taking down uh, Robin's Canada side. You know, you can't always be on the same team. <laughs> <That's> yeah, true. <laughs> We've had years of years of experiencing that, so it's been a nice breath of fresh air. So, all right, awesome. take care, you guys. Thank you too. Thank Cheers you. now. Thank you. Bye. It's such a pleasure to welcome USA 7's legend, Olympian, PR 7's champion, and water buffalo, Matala Yuta, to the Rugby 7's roller coaster. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for having me. Really, really happy to be here. Oh, great. Listen, I want to get a look of your championship hat. Can you just shift it to the side? Those that are not listening or watching can get to see it. There it is. Thank you very much. Superb. Now, first off, we usually make fun of Robin on the pod, but I thought, you know, because I saw you last month, you and I were teaming up in Southern California doing a Rugby 10's youth series. Um, I was with the Flag Rugby X guys promoting the Perry Baker Charity Series, and the young kids were playing and trying out the new non-contact game at a great time. And then at the end, the kids were challenging the coaches to a quick game. You were there, of course, coaching one of the sides. 
Now, Matai, talk us through what happened next because you arguably witnessed one of the greatest tries ever seen since Gareth Edwards. <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was a great time. It was a great time. I got to I got to share the field with uh with some legends, you know, uh, namely Weiss, especially Dallin. Um, so yeah, just just an incredible environment, incredible atmosphere. Love love um love what um rugby uh flag X is doing, and I'm just happy that we got a chance to 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 enjoy. Now you didn't mention. Now you didn't throw me the bus. I'll I'll do it here for you. I get yeah. passed the ball from Wasali Serevi the very first time I've ever been on the same team as him and the legend himself. And I completely missed the ball, hit me in the head. <laughs> and incredible, then I did. Incredible line. I got to say, <laughs> you came in at full speed, man. Just, hand, just hands weren't there. <laughs> hands weren't there. Maybe but we this, need to talk about that. I think it was yeah. the delivery. Well, exactly. But yeah, it was a high pass. It wasn't the best pass. I mean, we've seen Weiss throw brilliant passes. But look, in the end, I want to say try scored because it's a no, not a knock on off the head. It's a good educational tool for the youngsters. And that's kind of what we were going with there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, pal. Absolutely. Listen, I, let's go to this past weekend. The side that you played for, the SoCal Rhinos ex loggerheads won the A. John Prismac Cup, becoming champions in 2023 in the PR7s for the first time. So take us to that final whistle. I want to get two questions out of you here. What was going through your mind when that final whistle blew and you knew you'd won it? And then also, looking back, you know, what does the competition mean for the game of sevens in the U.S.? Yeah. Well, first off, when that final whistle when that final whistle went, the only thing going through my mind was, thank goodness this game is over because I was exhausted. Um, an incredible battle with the Steel Toes. I mean, a great team, uh, great players on, on that team, especially um, Lance Williams, Aki Raymond, uh, and a number of others, you know, who are, who are just pushing – pushing that team through through the Eastern Conference. I was playing close attention. So I'm um, happy to battle out with them. Um a tough, a tough match. Um scrappy on both ends, incredible defensive plays. Um and so uh just just you know for us to come out with the win, it was just a testament to 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 the team's uh, grind and, and belief. You know, it wasn't always pretty, you know we didn't uh, always stick to the game plan, but we did believe and we fought for each other. So I was really proud of that. As far as PR as a whole for the Game of Sevens in America, I think it's an incredible platform. You know, since day one when they announced it and, you know, talking to Owen and where the direction that they were looking to take it, uh, I couldn't I couldn't pass it up, you know, and, and I've been a part of it since its, it's uh, inception and, and I hope to be a part of it for as long as my legs will allow me to. So incredibly blessed to be a part of it. And, you know, for all the players, you know, from, from domestic to international, from the likes of Dan Norton being a part of it, Ruby Tui on the women's side, you know, just bringing incredible notoriety to the game. I just hope it can 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 continue to push the game of sevens in America in, in the right direction. Yeah, that's so well said. But with players like yourself, that's the great thing, which which I think about this uh, competition is that players like yourself, you've obviously gone, done a million things in sevens, gone to 15s, and then have come back to the PR sevens to play here and help guide the younger players through. So, yeah, I love what you're doing there, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Dal. I love PR sevens. It's the... Genuinely, it's uh, it's it's so great, and and having such a like you said, a, a platform in North America to allow to help you know opportunities for those up and coming players, and some guys that have already been there and done it, and connect with different players. But having that that showcase right here uh, on our soil is 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 so beautiful, and uh, and it's it's you know I was I was saying to the the marketing team before I flew out on Monday, just that how well all the teams get along. Right, like on the World Series, it's pretty special. All the teams get along, but there's so there's a mixture of like every country, almost in every team. So it's even just another level 
of, uh, of just kind of, you know, growing the game and, and, um, and showcasing humanity and all the different cultures. And, and it just, it's, it's, it's so special. It's tough to describe. We want to dive into both matches you won in Washington, D.C. Tell us a bit about the semifinal battle with the experts who started off the season on fire. And uh, I told Dallin it would go into extra time. That was my prediction. I didn't want to tip anyway. And uh, it nearly ended up there. Yeah. Yeah, the game the game with the experts was tough. I mean, you got when you got the likes of, of Madison Hughes, Naima Folau, I mean, and, and young players like Peter V., you know, on on that squad, you really you really have to make sure you get your details right. You know, and for us, again, uh, uh, another scrappy game. Um, we didn't we didn't quite stick to the game plan. We kicked too many balls away. We gave away possession too many times, but we fronted up on defense, which is again something I was really you know happy about. And in this game of sevens, if you can't if you're not able to buckle down on defense and and button up, uh, it's going to be a long day. And so you know, just just a hat tip to the boys on that end for, for just, you know, sticking it out, grinding it out and, and, and just staying together throughout the entire 14, because um, with the way that those boys were playing and the way that they were, they were fighting, you know, you could tell that they really wanted it. So I uh, just, just happy to be on, uh, on the winning end of things, uh, you know, when that game went. Yeah, that was so close right to the end. And that's the thing. So Robin, Robin, he, he I told him who's going to win, right? You have to choose somebody. So I had to choose somebody. And I said, well, because the experts can playing so well together and they generally have, their skill level amongst, you know, one through 12 been amazing. But your side came through and impressed so much. And, and I want to just talk about some of the younger players coming through. We mentioned, you know, having yourself there an Olympian with a lot of experience. The guy, Jay Hare, the youngster, he got the ball and he just took it on himself and he scored a fabulous try. I met him the yeah. other day in, in, in Southern California, just a young kid coming through. So talk a bit about how great it is, you know, having these young players come through. And is that something you guys spoke about going to the game? Is that, hey, if there's an opportunity, have a crack, have a go, no, no regrets? Absolutely. I mean, it's about, it's about, I mean, clearly these kids have a lot of talent. You know, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of skill or else they wouldn't be where they are right now. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's all about building belief, you know, especially when you get on the, those kind of stages. You know, the, um, the likes of Jay Hare, you know, Tucker Trick, even, even a, a youngster who didn't get to see much, much of the field, um, but has a lot of potential in Gus Skull. You know, they're going up against guys that they, they idolize in the Madison Hughes and, and everybody, the, the Fightalas. And so it's just about just having the crack, believing in yourself, you know, building, building that confidence. Uh, and, and you get to learn a lot more things about yourself and the game along the way. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes is what I try and tell the boys, you know, because that's the best way of learning. And yeah, for a guy like Jay Hare, who, who in that moment, we, we needed what he did, you know what I mean? And it just came off. Um, I'm sure it gave him a lot of confidence moving forward. So just, just happy for them all. Yeah, I love it. It was so great. I'll teach him how to how to dive though, because the slide was a little bit awkward. Look, it still counts. Oh my! I thought, I thought I, my my heart dropped to my stomach. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad he grounded that one though. So glad he grounded it. So let's 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 dive into your coaches. But you worked for many years with uh, USA Eagles coach Mike Friday. Yeah, coaches all bring different styles and different skill sets. What was it like working with the legend Frankie Horn? Is he as laid back as a coach as you expected? <laughs> um, not not quite you know not quite not quite you know maybe on uh you know off the field he's a very uh you know chilled out guy you know have you know has great conversations with him you know about about our days uh, on the circuit together but um as a coach he's very detailed you know he's a very detailed coach you know he he has an answer 
you know, for, for all your questions. Um, and he, you know, he has an open door policy so you can be able to come to him for anything. And I think the boys have really gravitated towards that. And if they've learned a lot, you know, through, through that policy and you can, you can definitely see that in their development, but yeah, being able to, to play, uh, for a guy like Frankie, having played against him on the circuit is a real honor. Um, and to continue to learn from him, even for as long as that I've been playing, I can still, you know, still gain a little bit of things, you know, to take on, you know, throughout my my playing career, whatever was left of it, you know, that I can continue to use. And so I'm I'm just blessed that I've been able to to continue to learn from Frankie. Well, it was uh, I was very happy for him. Obviously, it's uh, you know, even just you know our team going through the series this year, I was happy for our players that we were successful. But I, at this point in my life, I I genuinely feel gutted even when we beat teams uh, for the other coaches. I know they were just as hard, but. Frankie and I were pretty close as well, and uh, I was super happy for him because I know he, he he grafts as hard as anybody, and he's as passionate as he gets. He's been away from his family the last few years in Southern California, and uh, you know, and I think he's on his way home now to see his wife and young kids. So that's great. But uh, it was nice to you know to see him you know get his uh, his cake with his boys uh, and on the top of the podium there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, very, very happy for Frankie that he gets to go home and spend some time with his family. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk about the championship final. You've already briefly mentioned it. Firstly, crazy weather, right? So you can, how does that go into play? Like, you know, normally you have a set time, a set schedule and everything is methodical and, and the process is repeated. So talk a bit about that. And then also, I, I got the prediction wrong. I thought that, you know, Rhodes Featherston would lead the Texas side into the final. But in the end, it was the Steel Toes without Big Ben Pinkerman. Tell us a bit about that 10 spinal because you guys were training about five nothing late in the second half. Yeah, I mean, to your point about the weather, I mean, the, and this is uh, uh, another credit to Frankie is that Frankie was just, you know, letting the boys know, like, look, this is just another element of the game that we got to deal with. You know, things like this happen, and so we just got to, you know, learn how to roll with the punches. You know, when the time comes for us to to, to hit the field, we just got to be ready and we'll go. You know, um, and I think that that really um, helped the boys out a lot. Yeah, from watching the Steel Toes again, you know, keeping up with them from the Eastern Conference um, games that they had, um, you know, obviously tough, tough to lose a guy, a big name like Ben Pinkelman, but someone like Lance Williams coming in with a bit of experience on the circuit and being able to lead the boys the way that he did, I think, I think was a, was a testament to his um, his class as a player. And um, yeah, trailing trailing them, you know, going into that second half early in that second half was was a bit of a you know, a, a punch to the gut. But again, I think, you know, like we all know, sevens, seven minutes in a sevens match can last forever. You know, two minutes in a sevens match can last forever. So it was just about calming the nerves, you know, letting the boys know we're still in a good place you know, and that our time will come. And um, I think, you know, the, again, the way the boys just continue to believe in each other, continue to believe, uh, you know, in this team and the work that we've put in, um, I think it's just a showcase um, of, of, of how, uh, the rest of that game went, you know, we just made sure we, we, we got our details right. And then when we had the ball, we, we tried to cherish it as much as possible and we took the opportunities when they came. Um, and so, yeah, man, huge, huge, uh, huge hat tip, huge hat tip to, to these boys. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk about a very clever try you score with the line out, which I remember back in the day, we practiced that where you wouldn't, you wouldn't throw it down, you'd hit the ground yeah. and then keep charging. So that was sneaky. I love that. Now, Take us to the end of the game. You 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 leading seven five. Final thirty seconds of the game, and player of the tournament Branko Dupria and your side gets a penalty. You decide to go for the penalty. You go for the penalty shot, 
which only yeah. made it 10-5. That means they could have scored and won it. So what was going through there, or was it just a decision of like, this could could uh, could take the time off the clock, but it didn't in the end? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, we got the penalty, and um, if, 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 you watch, if you go back and watch the film, the boys actually wanted to tap and go because we were so close to the line. But yeah. we had just played you know, a, a long spell of defense. And so I just wanted us to calm down a little bit. I knew there wasn't much time left on the clock, but Branko, it, it was really just Branko's, you know, I guess his gut instinct, you know, to just go for the pose. And I just kind of just trusted him. I was like, look, take it. I knew there was still going to be time left on the clock, but again, I, I backed our defense. We had been playing incredible defense throughout the whole tournament. And so if there was any time on the clock, I knew this team would be able to front up and, and just hopefully make the stop, you know, when we needed to. And especially, you know, that late in the game, at literally end of the game, everybody's just, you know, exhausted and tired. Again, just just buckle down, put their helmets on, and we just went for it. Um, so, you know, credit to Branko for, first of all, nailing the kick, uh, giving, giving us that little bit of extra breathing room. But then, you know, to the whole squad, you know, fronting up and, and playing defense, especially when it mattered most, I think I think was was uh, was a huge testament to their work ethic. Yeah, it really was. And then a deep kickoff by Branko as well, putting him back. So you're uh, right. it, it worked out well in the end. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was your overall thoughts on the 2023 PR7 season, which saw a different format with two conferences, more tournaments than ever, and a festival atmosphere with no room for mistakes? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I mean, you know, the expansion in itself, you know, to be able to go from, you know, just um, three stops to, to five and having, you know, a Western and Eastern conference, you know, being able to bring fans, you know, bringing more fans and more attention to the to the sport is is incredible. You know, I mean, hopefully it just continues to to grow and ex and expand, and we can bring in maybe more franchise in the future. You know, which obviously means bringing in more incredible players and more competition, which which all just leads to to the growth of the game and the and the country. Absolutely love it. Now, before we let you go, I want to ask you to tell us a bit about the rugby roles you're fulfilling at the moment, including your brand that you've launched. And then what is next as well for the Water Buffalo? Yeah, at the moment, you know, one, you know, first and foremost, been back here training in Chula Vista, you know, with, with, with the dogs down here for a few weeks, which has been an incredible blessing to be back in this environment. Uh, absolutely loving it. The, the culture and the atmosphere here has really changed a lot in, in a very positive way. And, and I'm just happy to be able to, to you know, come, come in and rejoin this atmosphere in this, in this squad. Helping out the Rhinos as far as coaching as well has been a huge blessing. A big shout out to the Rhinos program for for bringing me in and allowing me to to grow not just as a player but also as a coach. Learning a few things on on that end, which which I'm incredibly uh, fortunate to be a part of. Uh, and then yeah, the brand man. Um, this is something that I've been passionate about for a very long time. And uh, you know, I released Wolves in Wool, a lifestyle streetwear rugby culture centered brand. Um, in San Jose at the San Jose PR Sevens tournament, uh, something that is very dear to me, something that I hope uh, that can that uh, the rugby community in America can hopefully identify with one day as their brand, because it's not just for me. It's not just about me. It's about our community. You know, it's about it's about the people. It's about the culture, and and why this game in this country is so unique. You know how di how diverse it is. It's it's something that's changed my life, even for someone that has come from from growing up in Fiji where rugby was always a part of my life uh the way that the rugby community in this country specifically has has helped me grow in a lot of ways I'm I'm forever grateful for and this is kind of me uh in a way 
showing my love and being able to give back, you know, to, to this community and that culture. So I'm really happy with with the fact that I'm able to launch it, but even more excited uh, for the collaboration and, and um, you know, and, and direction I can help hopefully take it uh, one day. Yeah, well, we're going to support it 100%. We're going to promote it as well. Uh, give us a little bit of a backstory. How did you come up with the name Wolves in Wool? Yeah, um, obviously, you know, throughout my throughout my sevens career uh, here here with the national team, you know, throughout the years, we've sort of adopted uh, a persona of being dogs, and so it kind of derived um, from 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 being in this environment with the sevens team. Um, but obviously. Uh, I just couldn't come up with a name per se and 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 just kind of I don't want to call it <laughs> I don't want to say it was just divine inspiration or anything like that but the name Wolves and Wool just kind of came to me randomly like it just kind of clicked as I'm just sitting there you know mulling over design ideas and whatnot and you know I've always loved the mentality of a wolf pack you know again something that we we adopted here in the sevens program um and so when the name Wolves and Wool came to me it just it just made sense you know, I write it down. I love, I love how the way it sounds, how it kind of rolls off your tongue, and then just that again, that wolf pack mentality of just sticking together as a family, as a pack, as one. And it just, it just, you know, it's just one of those things that you just felt deep down, and you knew it, it was the right, it was the right thing to go with. And so, yeah, it, it, it's just kind of how it came about. Brilliant stuff, Matai. Well, forget the buffalo; it's the Wolverine that's back in action with the U.S. program. I'm a massive fan of your st your sidestep, your energy, and always nice to catch up, my boy. Chi, thank you for your time, buddy. Thank you very much, Dallin. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. Connect with us on social media, PR Sevens, and watch any of the previous tournaments on the Premier Rugby Sevens YouTube channel. See you next time. Your sleek sensations. <laughs>